0: It's there you'll find connection, and there where you'll find more peace, obedience, respect, and joy. So what are you waiting for? We know those behaviors aren't going to go away on their own. Let's dive in. Hey there, and welcome to the Chaos to Connected podcast. I am so excited that you are here to listen today. I am thankful that you tuned in if this is your first time and i am also really grateful if this is your 52nd time because this is my 52nd episode or anywhere in between and today is going to be about the just right challenge this is a topic that i have been thinking a lot about lately as i've been my oldest actually started going to school which was not the plan um, but that has left me with some more one-on-one time with my youngest and I've just been thinking about it a lot lately. It was something that was a, you know, as a big focus as a pedi- pediatric occupational therapist because we're always trying to find that just right challenge, generally like physically or with a developmental skill. So, for example, in case you don't know what that really means, when your child is, so for example, this just got me thinking when he was playing with a shape sorter. I had set out a few toys at my parents' house. We go there every day and he wanted to play with it and he had never really played with it before. He's always been a big gross motor kid and now we're just kind of trying to add in some sit down activities here and there and he freely chose it. And so when he was playing with this I automatically do this because this is part of my skill set as an OT, but if I had just let him start from the beginning with no guidance at all, and this is like your typical Melissa and Doug shape sorter with a bunch of different shapes, there's um, I don't know how many sides there was, but there's two shapes for every color, and maybe there's like eight colors or something. And then there's also one on the top. So had I just let him do it, maybe he would have been able to do it. But my guess, in knowing his skill level and the fact that he's never done anything like it before, and just kind of watching him as he started, that would have been too much of a challenge. And he probably would have tried for a little bit and then given up because it was too hard had I given him a quote-unquote shape sorter that was just, you know, I used to have this container. I cut a hole at the top like a yogurt container with a lid or a protein powder container with a lid and I just cut a hole and then I got, you know, whether it's cotton balls or sometimes it was like those building sticks, just different different variety of things and just putting them in that one hole. That's a skill that he's mastered. So that would have been too easy. So Finding that just right medium ground where it's challenging enough that he's working on or the child is working on progressing their skills. Not so challenging that they quit right away or get too frustrated that they won't participate. And not too easy that they're just, you know, doing the same old thing. I mean, that's okay when they're when they're playing. But when they are doing focused work, there's always a time and a place for... <laughs> Repeating the same activity, you know, that they've already mastered and that's totally fine. But when we're really thinking about progressing skills, something that's too easy is obviously not going to be doing that. And so what I did was I would turn it to the color and I pointed out how they matched. And then he had to choose between the two shapes where it went. And we did that for a little while. And I just kind of graded my cues as we went along, depending on if I felt like he needed it once he got the hang of it. You know, I shifted a little bit and he sat there and participated in this activity for probably at least 10 minutes. And so that's a good gauge for, and then he was just like, okay, I'm done now, you know, and wanted to move along, which is fine. 10 minutes is a long time for an activity like that. So the reason I bring this up is because I was in a coaching session with a family this last week and I started talking and I realized that the thing that I was saying was just like this. It was coming up with a just right challenge for this child, but instead of developmentally or like more physically skill-based, I was talking about it more emotionally based. And this is something that I haven't really ever cognitively or consciously thought about, but I think it really fits. So for this particular child... There was an experience where they went to the zoo. There was this really cool new toddler area, but it was inside this enclosed room. They had to go inside. She had no idea what it was. Like I said, it was all new and mom said it was super cool. And she immediately was like, outside, 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 I need to go outside. And, you know, mom said it wasn't really loud. It was pretty calm in there. There wasn't a lot of people. And, you know, I just said... It's probably because of all of the things that we had been working on, her her past traumas and history that have led her to be triggered in these kinds of instances. And so when you begin to recognize what your child is triggered by or can understand where their root issues lie. So not the not the specific behavior, but what that feeling or the underlying reason for that behavior is, when you can pinpoint what that is or a general idea of the feelings that they're experiencing, you can start to recognize. So now when you're playing, there's different play options when you're working through, you know, different, different hurts, different feelings to kind of help progress your child's ability to process them. Because We can process through, you know, talking, but mostly for kids, it's going to be through crying and laughter, especially when kids are younger. They're not going to likely sit there and talk through all of these things because they might not even consciously be aware that this is what's coming up for them. Their body just and brain are just recognizing it and being triggered. And so one of the examples that I want to share with you, because I think it's, it's something that's common for a lot of people and based on how many people have listened to the separation anxiety episode, I think it's, you know, an issue that we all encounter because like I mentioned in that episode, it is a typical stage of development. Every kid generally goes through some phase of separation anxiety. And so what had happened was they were playing in a cardboard box with a door on it, kind of like a... A house. And same thing. She went inside, the door was closed, and she did not like it. And so I was just talking about how that might be too hard for her. So emotionally, that's too triggering. But when we are talking about resolving hurts and those emotional big feelings, emotional trauma, whatever it might be for that child, we still want to work on processing it and helping them through it. But we have to recognize that just throwing them into something isn't going to be the way that's going to be most helpful for them. Because especially as kids, they don't have that process or that ability to be like, okay, this is what I need to do. I need to immerse myself so that my body can recognize it so I can work through it so that the next time this happens, I'll have this positive experience. Like they can't go through all of that, right? So we need to scale back a little bit. Going into that cardboard house with the door shut, even though she was in a safe environment, was too much for her because it triggered that emotional response. When kids are triggered, when we're triggered into a deep emotional hurt or trauma, we get into that fight or flight response, right? So we aren't taking in any information. We can't perceive that we're safe, And so, when we get to that point, it's going to take a lot to get our kids back regulated so that, okay, then we can adjust the activity. So, what if instead of just pushing them into it, we think about, okay, we know this is the child's hurt or trauma or biggest difficulty. We know that doing X, Y, or Z is going to increase his or her stress level so much that she or he will refuse to participate when that happens, that's not going to help your child progress to the ability to actually participate in it, right? It's going to add on hurt on top of that already stored up hurt that's going to perpetuate this cycle of being triggered and not being able to move out of it. So instead, how can we scale back a little bit and engage in something that is moving them toward that, but isn't triggering them so far into this traumatic response that they actually can't even participate. So for the example that I shared, the cardboard box, what I suggested is, well, why don't you, you know, go in or have her go inside, but leave the door open so she can feel safe that she can go in and out. She can see you or you go in it and she can stay outside or, you know, a sibling, if if the cardboard house is too small, and have her like knock on the door and play peekaboo or like, let me in, you know, sort of a thing and make it fun. When we make play part of the recovery process, that's where our child can also heal, especially if crying is really hard and triggering for you. You're going to want to focus in on some of the playing. Another example of this might be, If you are bringing your child to a new place, maybe it's a daycare, a school, church nursery, maybe it's a friend's house, and your child is really having a tough time leaving you, or you know that it's going to be really challenging, especially if this place or the person that will be watching them is unfamiliar. So if you know that's going to trigger a really big response, you can scale back a little bit. Sure, you can still do that, but Um, you know, there's going to be things then that you will have to work on as you go forward. You could scale back by going with your child to the place, sitting in the area with them, letting them get comfortable in the environment, helping them to see what it's like, and just preparing them a little bit more for separating from you in a way that they can now be more familiar with the environment versus just suddenly going into a place they don't know, with somebody they don't know, without you, they're already being triggered, they already have trouble separating, and it's this big, you know, this big mess. So there are lots of different ways. Another example would be, you know, if your child is easily overwhelmed by lots of people coming in your house, instead of just, continuing like every holiday, all these people are coming in and your child gets overwhelmed and overstimulated every single time. Instead of allowing that to continue, just repeat that same process, you can see that it's not, your child isn't progressing, right? Your child isn't suddenly now able to handle it. Then you need to think about how can I, how can I adjust this for my child? Because that's where you're going to start to see growth and transformation and processing. So that might look like, you know, your child stays in their room while everybody comes in and they're playing something quietly while people come in. And then as people start to, you know, break off into little different areas, they come back in. Or maybe that looks like you have a little quieter space, you know, or maybe like one of their toy tents that you bring out so that there's a place where they can kind of escape from so much of the noise and so much of the visual stimulation going on if they feel like they need to in order to get that break if necessary, but they're still a part of what's going on. So, it's just about thinking where your child is at right now. Is what you're expecting of them something that they are generally able to meet? If so, then it's probably a just right challenge for them or it's it's fitting. If not, and if you're not seeing any progress, if you, if the situation continues to occur over and over and the result is still the same, that's where we need to insert, obviously, connection strategies, people. (laughs) Um, But also, maybe think about how can I adjust this? Because this isn't serving my child emotionally, and we want to build that emotional resilience. We want to build that regulation, but that means we might need to scale back because it's not happening with this too big of a challenge for them. So I hope that was helpful for you. If you are struggling with a specific behavior or something that maybe you just can't figure out where it's coming from, I've heard from a lot of people this week just about how aggressive behaviors have been coming up and they have no idea where they are. And I'm just like sitting there wanting to raise my hand and be like, I know it's so hard. I know where it's coming from because I have been there. I have truly been there and I have done the extra work, gone the extra mile to figure out how to help transform that behavior into essentially removing it from what's occurring. And I want to provide that information to you so that you don't have to do all the extra work and training that I did to get these results. So if that's you right now, whether it's aggressive behavior or trouble separating or just constant impulsiveness or sibling rivalry, whatever it might be, I would really love to help you transform that into something that is not so difficult because the thing is behavior is communication and that's what we need to see it as and when we can look at it that way when we can like really pull back the layers where is this behavior coming from not let's just get rid of this behavior through you know punishment or rewards or sticker charts that's not resolving it that's rooting that issue even more right so when we can peel back the layers utilize these connection strategies in a way that's customized to you and your child based on their needs and where they've been and where you want to go, that's where you're going to see a shift. And not only will you see that shift now, but these tools will carry you throughout their entire life. So say, you know, you hit a couple years from now, there's another rough patch because of some transition or something happens. Maybe there's a death in the family or, Uh, a move or something, you can continue to utilize these on a daily basis. And as you come across new situations, they will continually be there to support you and your child through all of the ups and downs of life. So if that's something that you are more curious about and you want to learn about head to the link in my show notes for the Behavior Blueprint. You can get all the information there. And if you would like to book a discovery call, if you have a few questions, I would love for you to do that so that you can start taking charge. It's like, just jump in. There's no reason to wait. I was like, oh, you know, we just can't afford that coaching right now or something. But I got to this point where I was like, we need a change. I do not want to live the rest of my days or even the next week or two weeks. I cannot do this anymore. I do not want to feel guilty for my big feelings. I do not want to put shame on my child for his big feelings, but I don't know what to do. This is the time. Step out and I promise you, you will not regret it. As always, thank you so much for joining me. And please, if this has been helpful for you, share it with a friend, a family member, leave a rating or review, whatever you feel called to do so that we can continue to provide confidence and empowerment to moms, parents, caregivers, as they transition into this world of connected parenting that is not the norm so that they can feel supported and that they can have the tools to move forward on this journey. All right, I'll talk to you next week. Real quick, before you go, if you felt encouraged and inspired by listening to this show, I'd love for you to leave a rating or review over at Apple Podcasts so we can spread the word to help other mamas feel less alone and find beauty in the behaviors. You can also take a screenshot of this episode, share it over on your Instagram stories, and tag me, at Josiah, and we'll all do a little happy dance together. i love nothing more than to cheer you on along this journey. This work is so hard, but don't forget, God has not only called you to it, but he has equipped you for it now. Go get connected. I'll see you next week.